Hey everyone, my name is Ben Gramico. I'm from InterNACHI. That's the International Association of Certified Home Inspectors. And right now we're doing a live, free, online, interactive uh, InterNACHI webinar. And we do a bunch of these webinars and they're all video recorded and they're all free to and open to everyone, members and non-members alike. So if you'd like to register for a webinar, go to this URL, ready? Nachi.org, N-A-C-H-I.org slash webinars, nachi.org slash webinars. And uh, if you miss a webinar, no big deal. We video record them and they'll be all uh, at that URL, nachi.org slash webinars. And then if you're driving around and um, you want to listen to a webinar, we actually export the audio of the webinars into our podcast. And that's at nachi.org slash podcast. So nachi.org slash webinar or webinars and nachi.org slash podcast. Today, we have a really great webinar. I asked another home inspector to please do a presentation on a home inspection that he did. And uh, it's Mike Legit from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And he owns a multi home inspector group, my um, brick kicker company, and he's doing successfully well. And he has taken the time out to uh, share what he knows and would like to share with other inspectors. Maybe um, you're a veteran uh, experience inspector, or maybe you're just starting off. And this is why I really appreciate when we have an expert, a veteran, someone experienced who decides to give to others. And Mike is also an InterNACHI mentor. Um, so, uh, and he's, he's, uh, he's a good guy. And he has something to show us today. He's got a ton of pictures from an inspection that he did. And he's gonna share that with us today. Mike, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so I see a picture of you. Uh, this is the first picture in your slideshow. What, what is that? Uh, well, I was uh, uh, took over uh, uh, Nick's office one day while he wasn't paying attention and uh, <laughs> sat down. But uh, I was up at the, the InterNACHI headquarters in Boulder for a, a conference. Um, uh, I think it was 2017, it could have been 2016. I, I don't, don't recall exactly, but the Brick Kicker had a conference there. Uh, they hosted us and, um, and it was a great experience. We got to check out the House of Horrors and the, the brew pub down the streets and uh, had a great time. That's awesome, you look great there. Um, and so for those who are attending the live webinar, feel free to ask questions uh, as uh, Mike's going through the, the uh, slides of, and pictures, inspection pictures that he has. Um, anything that pops up in your head, feel free. You can use the chat feature, uh, kind of like the question and answer feature. If you have it on your side, it's a Q&A button. And um, if you like the questions that are being asked, you can upvote the, the good questions. Um, so I'll pay attention to the questions and the chats. And um, Mike, take it away. Uh, show us what, what it's like to do a home inspection in your company. Okay, um, well, I'm gonna uh, start with my, my cover page. Um, just a quick introduction of this home. This is a single family home. It's not very large. Uh, it has a crawl space. It was built in 1945. And uh, the reason I was inspecting it was, I uh, wasn't inspecting it for a buyer. There was a, a, a guy that I know that was selling a property with three homes on it. And this has been in the family since it was built, uh, probably never been in inspected. And it's been a rental for a while, but it's about to go on the market. and. Um, uh, I'm not sure what's going on in everyone else's market, but one of the challenges that we've had and that we hear about talking to inspectors um, around the country is that so many people are waiving inspections and so many things are going on the market as is. Um, and uh, 
you know, how scary is that, you know, for a buyer and is it really a mistake? Well, obviously um, a lot of people will probably get away with it and be fine, but we've just seen a lot of absolute garbage on the market that in a normal year would never be listed to sell. That was uh, a rental for a long time and producing rental income, but now suddenly uh, the people want to sell and uh, get top dollar for it. And, and we see some crazy things. And so I was hoping to see some crazy stuff in this house. And uh, I think I, I think I did. So um, I'll talk a little bit about our, our process as we go, but this is the street view. So uh, just pulling up to the house and uh, you know, th this might potentially be a cover photo because there's not, um, there's not a pretty angle of this home, um, but we see some problems right away. Uh, you can see the grade is level with the front of the porch. Uh, a lot of work's been done at the front of this house. They, uh, they sort of trenched around the front porch a little bit. So I think they were trying to make it better. They cut back some shrubs. I think they've even power washed it. Like they're, they're really getting this ready to sell. But this obviously has some pretty significant grading issues. And uh, so right away, uh, stepping out of the vehicle, uh, we know the crawl space is going to be fun. And um, so we, we've gotten some feedback from people in other parts of the country. Uh, I have a friend who has a home inspection in our market. And he said he had some guys from Utah came out and ride with him for a day. And uh, they said if they had to do this every day, they would they wouldn't be in the inspection business. <laughs> so these uh, these can be a little bit rough, but um, uh, but here's another view of the front, and uh, you can you can see the grading issues from uh, from this angle as well, and um, and you can see it's uh, it's an older home, you know they they put uh, put the vinyl siding on a long time ago, and um, who knows what they were covering up, but that's just our our street view. So um, uh, I, I started with roof photos, but really uh, one thing I've always done is I've always inspected the exterior first and, um, and then the roof second. And primarily because I'm, I'm looking for, I, I try to, to inspect as efficiently as possible and I, I'm not gonna walk every roof. So I usually look for roof access while I'm inspecting the, out, the, the outside, um, you know, sometimes it could be a really large house and maybe maybe the back porch is the best way to, to access the roof. Uh, the back porch covering might be a, a little bit of a lower pitch. Um, but uh, anyway, in the presentation, I started off with the roof, but uh, just have a couple photos of the roofs. You can see already that there's uh, two different roof coverings on here. So from the street, it looks like a newer roof, but uh, have an older, older material on the back. Uh, so just a couple uh, photos from different angles of the roofing material. There's uh, some metal roofing on the back and that's actually over a living space. So that's uh, a that tough rib material. And um, uh, view of the front, we've got some vegetation uh, overgrowing the front of the roof a little bit. And uh, maybe you can see this valley flashing here is pretty corroded. But there's, there's actually uh, two layers of shingles on the roof. Um, it's kind of wondering why there's only, you know, the back has that older architectural shingle on it and the front's got a, a newer three tab, but they both have two layers. So I was kind of wondering if maybe they just got out of sync uh, decades ago and they just kept rolling with it. But um, uh, two, two layers on the back is the, the, the new and the old. And uh, just a, another view of the roof. There's actually 
I didn't get a close up of this front porch roof, uh, or, or I guess it's the side porch roofing. Uh, that's that's actually a, a different H3 tab, uh, also two layers, but um, yeah, I got all kinds of stuff going on up here. So um, I don't know if you wanted to talk about the, the standards of practice at all. Um, I actually, I was reviewing them um, yesterday to see how compliant I was. It's not something you do, I do on a regular basis. <laughs> Well, what do you, what do you, what does your company do? What, what does your company, there's a standards of practice, but it's minimum. And yeah. it says, you don't you're not required to walk on a roof, but our company, my uh, peach inspections company, we tried to walk on a roof all the time. I mean, the, my co-owner was a roofer. So we were up on a roof as much as possible. Yeah. So we, we try to walk, uh, I, I guess, so I'm always hesitant to try to tell my inspectors to walk every roof. It's, it's, um, they, they just have different comfort levels, obviously, because, you know, we did, they don't all have roofing backgrounds. Uh, they all have some, some construction background, but, you know, I have one inspector who's a daredevil and I, I see him on, on uh, climbing things sometimes and I want him to get down. And, um, but generally I tell them, uh, you know, as long as they feel safe doing so, uh, that they should. And, and we have, uh, we say that we should, we, we should first walk the roof if we can. And, if they can't walk the roof, they need to put a ladder up on the eaves. If they can't get a ladder to the eaves, it may be too high for that. Uh, all of my inspectors have uh, 28 foot telescopic poles uh, with cameras on them. We're all using the the uh, ferret camera is a great camera for something yes. like that. Yep. So uh, pole camera is third and uh, binoculars are really a last resort. And I don't ever want them to say, and I don't ever want to see in the report that it was just inspected from the ground. You know, that is the minimum standard, but I want them to at the very least use binoculars. And if, uh, if, they, if they can't see it from there, then it maybe, um, maybe it just needs a disclaimer in there that it wasn't fully inspected. Yep. But, yep. Um, but, you know, I've, I had a experience several years ago where I had walked the roof, but I hadn't viewed it from the ground. And there was kind of a large hole in the roof, like maybe, maybe like two feet up uh, from the the eave. And it was, you know, it was a single story ranch style. And I, when I was walking around the outside, I was focused on the exterior, not on the roof. So, I, I think it's best practice to view uh, from the ground, even if you have walked it, uh, because you know there, are what I call these dead zones, like right here. In an older home like this, I'm not going to walk in this area because there could be some some uh, holes from old vents that were covered up and not not repaired. And uh, the the you know the the roof decking you have broken boards sometimes, uh, just rotted sheathing. So I I prefer not to walk around in the field very much. I, I stay on the ridge and stay in the valleys. So it's uh, I think it's best to to look at both. Good tip. Good tip. Ground in the roof. So um, I'm gonna keep going. This uh, this roof here. When I got inside, I, I, I don't have a ton of interior pictures because there was just so much stuff to look at outside and under the home. But uh, this this roof is leaking, and um, when we get a little bit closer, we can see that someone has sealed every every screw head. And um, this this material um, it, it really isn't appropriate for a flat roof. And this is a flat roof, you know, it has a slight pitch to it, but you can see water ponds on the end here. And, um, and, and there's, it, it's gonna leak. If you're gonna put this on a low pitch, it needs to have every, every seam sealed and, 
and it's probably still going to leak because uh, these, these screw heads are going to get loose and uh, you know a hole becomes a funnel really quickly mark just mark just asked uh, about drones does does your company do drones or no or not necessary or not even well uh, so i have six inspectors and um i bought a couple of drones a few years ago i had three and um i, I just it just seemed like it was going to be really difficult to be compliant and you know the the more the larger your company has or the larger your company is the, the more likely you are to have compliance issues with uh, whoever's regulating things. So we also have an airport uh, very close by. So actually I live in Athens, Athens, Georgia. I have friends that work in Atlanta on a regular basis and it's just problematic using a drone near an airport. So you, you may not be able to use it in a lot of places. So it's just not a promise that I feel like we can deliver. And I've always seen it more as, as a, a marketing, uh, marketing thing. But if I was a single, um, person operation, I would absolutely use a drone. And um, I had an inspector that worked for me a few years ago. He, uh, uh, unfortunately, he got a job offer from a relative that he couldn't couldn't pass up and, and uh, he moved on. He's a construction manager for um, a commercial commercial building company, but uh, he, he used a drone and I was totally fine with that. He got, he got licensed and he was willing to maintain it and he bought his own drone because uh, it was nicer than the ones that I had. So. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so uh, I think they're a great tool, but just for my operation, I provide tools for my inspectors. I, I you know, I, I don't know if that's, it seems like that's a little unusual in our industry, um, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I provide all their tools. Um, I provide their vehicles, I pay for, pay for their gas, like they're, they're awesome inspectors. And I, um, yeah, so I, I don't want to maintain drones or drone licenses, so, yeah. so no. But I, I think you should, if you want to. So uh, just another picture of the edge. Uh, so we we know that we're we're getting some surface tension there. It's ponding, and then it's probably running back underneath and and running into the living space. So we'll expect to see some water staining there on the inside. I have this problem at my house. Um, I have an old I have an older home that's got four. Uh, four shed roofs, three of them are flat, and uh, it had tar and gravel that someone put this uh, tough rib under. It looks like they did it themselves. It wasn't even square. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm very familiar with uh, this this being an issue. Uh, I had a, I lived in a townhouse. It was a 40-year-old townhouse. My wife wanted me to fix things up, and I'm like, no, this is so good for like inspection videos and training and things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I never, hardly ever fixed anything. And that's the that's what you get with a I guess the shoemaker never fixes his own shoes. Yeah, well you're right. It is great for videos. Like if I want to talk about a um, the wrong way to vent a gas water heater, I can just um, go outside and snap a picture because uh, whoever vented mine they uh, they they sidewall vented it from the basement and there's no booster fan on it. It goes it it does go three feet up, but it's only about six inches from the sidewall there. Hmm. And uh, when it, I can tell how cold it is outside when the water heater goes out because it will it backdrafts enough to blow it out. Um, but we have lots of carbon monoxide detectors down there, and uh, yeah, and I should fix that. Yep. <laughs> so uh, just a shot of my vehicle because um, uh, I was standing there and I thought, hey, let's uh, get a picture of that. But. Um, here's a valley in the, the front of the front of the house. So 
it was kind of rusted out at the bottom. Um, so I would expect this to leak. This looks like the valley I did when I tried to roof a house back when I was a house painter. Um, about 20 years ago, I thought I'd save some money on my first house, roofed it myself. I did an exposed valley and it leaked. That, that roof made it about seven years before it was replaced because it was so poorly done. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're going to have an exposed valley like this, it, it really, you, you probably need some, some uh, ice and water shield below it. And these seams, the edges here should be sealed and uh, we don't see that. So, you know, you would expect water to get, come down this plane and, and overshoot the flashing and, uh, and the other direction too. Uh, this next one I wanted to ask you about. So I hear, hear people talking about that you're not supposed to weave a valley when you have architectural shingles, but I've asked many roofers about this and of course, they're not really, they're the ones that are screwing it up. So maybe, maybe I shouldn't ask them, but I, I've never really found a straight answer on that. If it's, you know, it does need a, a, a you know, you should have that water, water shield underneath it more than just your, your regular vapor barrier. It should have some sort of protection below it in the valley. But um, what, do you, what do you think about this, Ben? I've never heard uh, of a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, so, and I wouldn't call it out, but I, I'm gonna, I love this kind of stuff. I'm gonna look it up. So see if I can find some answers. But uh, yeah, I was a home inspector and I didn't know, I probably wouldn't call this out as a defect unless I actually knew some kind of code, local standard, um, something in my past that I can re mm -hmm. refer to, so. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I actually, I, I tried looking it up and I, I, I did uh, phone a friend also, but I, I just, um, I couldn't really find anything on there. So I, I did see some, Installation instructions for a manufacturer that uh, just said you need that 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 ice and water shield below it, and um, and I think it was it's supposed to come out uh, pretty pretty far too. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't call it out either. And um, um, yeah, you know, one of the things when you look these things up is you find a bunch of home inspector websites that can <laughs> conflict each other. <laughs> so, That's right. And code, code is always silent on uh, manufacturers' recommendations on how to install something. Yeah. So you would have to, I would go right to the manufacturer of the shingle and see if they actually have guidelines on weaving. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so here we have some, uh, you see somebody tried to seal the edge of the shingle here and uh, that, that always kind of raises an eyebrow. Is, uh, why would somebody go to the, to the trouble to do that. So I would say this is probably leaked at some point. Um, I don't really know, uh, but somebody sealed it up and it cracked. So maybe it's gonna leak again. I don't know, I would uh, I would certainly report that. And, and if, you know, when we go inside, we're gonna look for water staining in the attic. And in this case, we really didn't see much except uh, there was one area where we did. But um, I always tell uh, buyers, you know, when they can ask the seller uh, why someone would seal this up. And um, if if it was because there was a leak, well, we should assume it's gonna leak again because it's cracked. So we got a nice screen on the chimney here, but uh, still gonna be some rainwater going down it. And, um, you know, it's obviously it's had some moisture issues in the past, but this, this chimney was abandoned so uh, I guess they didn't want any nesting in it, but they didn't really think about the, wa the water going down it. So I would 
recommend putting a cap on here or you know maybe remove the chimney the next time they, they replace the roof and and uh, get it down below the roof line yeah that's just a unnecessary roof penetration at this point so the next few slides just show the massive amount of tar that was put on everything and um you know if at first you don't succeed uh put some tar on it so <laughs> We always call this out as a, a uh, you know, maybe a temporary repair because it's it's going to crack eventually. Yeah. And uh, same thing on the on the the turbine vents and the plumbing vents in the back. Everything's tarred. Uh, you can see it's not it's not sealed to the flashing there. Uh, but you know, maybe uh, maybe they had a few leaks and they went and just tarred everything just to be to be safe. But um, I would certainly point that out. And then another flashing in the back. And of course, this this plumbing vent isn't tall enough. It's tall enough for Georgia. So we typically um, will not write these up for height because we ah. just don't we don't have snow here. Um, mm. You know, if we do, it's going to be a, a half inch to an inch. Um, mm. But um, uh, it's it's not something we want them to worry too much about. But this has all been tarred up. I, I would uh, recommend that, and you can see they sealed sealed the the boot itself. So I would I would recommend that they just go ahead and replace this. But um, now another thing I didn't get a great picture of is these. Uh, there's these roof off offsets because they have lots of additions. Um, this back part of the house was a back porch at some point. So uh, you know this is a uh, an area where we would see expect water to, to flow underneath the soffit here. And in the front, I, I didn't put a picture in the this presentation, but in the front of the house, you can see where water is, there's water standing on that, that vinyl soffit from water kind of coming out through the vents. So we would expect that to happen in all these places. So just uh, really done, everything just done uh, very poorly and, um, and you know, adding layer after layer. Um, uh, this uh, roof offset, so that everything's vinyl wrapped, so it's, it's harder to see damaged areas like this, but uh, we can see where water splashes off this little offset up and it's uh, caused the decking to warp there and, and rot a little bit. And you can see there's multiple layers of shingles here as well. Um, and just uh, some, some nails that aren't sealed, you know, you always always find one nail in a random place. Uh, these on the ridge are, are pretty common to find them unsealed. It's like everyone's getting ready to pull off the job and no one wants to climb back up there with a cop gun to, to take care of that, that last thing. I imagine that's what happens anyway. So this is that, uh, that side porch that had uh, an older roof and, and that roof, it's just it's a flat roof with three tab shingles on it essentially it's not it's not steep enough for a shingled roof and uh, you see it's been leaking and we see some some uh basically mushrooms growing out of the front so whenever you see something growing out of wood you know it's it's been uh, really saturated that's that's the fruiting body of the organism that's living inside the wood so you know there's some surface mold but this this is always a, a major sign you know, sometimes you see it just uh, sticking out of the side of the house, you know, so you know there's like a, a 
info leak somewhere. And there were also uh, lots of, I had lots of pictures that I didn't include of just uh, the siding, um, just lots of holes in the, in the fascia, areas of fascia that were peeling off, like on this corner over here, it's just hanging off. Um, just thought of that. I was reading the standards of practice uh, last night, going over it, and um, know that that is an included included in it. Um, you know, we talked about grading when we had that picture from from farther away, but you can see that there's a hole right here. And at first, I thought somebody was burrowing there, uh, or or something was was trying to claw its way in. But I think that the I think the grade was so high at the front that water was running onto the front porch. And I, I think the homeowner uh, sort of trenched around it. And, um, uh, but this is, a, this is a funnel. This is where water is gonna just, just flow freely into the crawl space and a lot of it too. You know, there's no, no gutters on the roof at all. So it's, uh, there's gonna be a ton of water going under this house every time it rains. Uh, <clears throat> Just a picture of the gas meter is turned off. See, it's been locked out. And um, so we're not gonna be able to test any of the gas appliances, but uh, the way they're just running through the side, that's, um, that's where some larger animals will get in. So can't wait to see who's living under there. And uh, walking down the, this side of the house, I noticed a, a sewer smell and um, we've got some holes that have been tarred in the side of this vents and awesome. uh, a, a crack up the side. <laughs> you don't usually see the roofing tar on the vent. Maybe it just ran down from the roof, who knows? Right. <laughs> so. so what do you do with those things? I, I tend to, uh, I just didn't care anymore after uh, you know 10 years. And then I just stuck my screwdriver through that pipe right there and then took a picture of it. And one picture is about worth a thousand words. I wasn't damaging it anymore. I already had a hole. Yeah. So do um, you, do you get up close with pictures or do you put your finger there or a screwdriver or what? Yeah, you know, um, I, I would uh, probably would have. Um, but um, yeah, I, I would suggest sticking something in it. In, in this one, I was actually having so much trouble with the lighting outside and uh, trying to use a flash outdoors and then trying to use my flashlight outdoors that I was, I got kind of frustrated. It, it took me about six tries to get a good picture, but, but yeah, I do. Um, uh, I'm not opposed to that. And I, we all, uh, we all carry just pocket knives that will stick in, in things, except at the interior. We try not to, to do, do anything on the inside of the house. You know, like one of my pet peeves is pen probes and in, in drywall. It's just completely unnecessary. Um, but uh, outside, yeah, I like to, to see a knife stuck in the side of something that's rotted. <clears throat> so uh, this, this deck is a bit of a nightmare. Um, it, it really just needs to be torn off. There's, there's nothing salvageable about this deck. And, and um, I think it's fine to say that, and 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 we would we would tell tell a client, you know, we, we would tell them that this just needs to be replaced, and it's not safe. Uh, ask them if they would be comfortable uh, falling uh, suddenly from that height, <laughs> or falling off the side, 
Uh, I like to ask them if they ever watched any debt collapse videos on YouTube. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a great place to go for encouragement on uh, prioritizing deck repairs. There's some good stuff on there. But um, yeah, obviously everything is done wrong in here. So I do have lots of photos of the deck, but um, you know, uh, one thing I don't always take issue with is, uh, you know, four by four posts, especially if it's lower to the ground. Uh, this, this would be kind of borderline, but yeah, it should be a six by six. Um, and uh, yeah, just everything's wrong. There's no balusters, uh, nothing is supported. You know, these, these rails, we could probably kick them and knock them off if we wanted to. Uh, you know, the, the, the riser openings, um, uh, I'm sometimes reluctant to write that up if it's just like two, two or three steps, but uh, you know, it's wrong. Uh, the throat is, uh, actually there was another area where it was only two and a half inches. It's supposed to be five inches. Like we don't really call out the numbers all the time, but yeah, this is wrong. I didn't see any splitting on the stringers, but sometimes you'll see that it's split right there, you know, and and um, and it needs to be replaced. You know, the the base of the stringers aren't sitting on anything, so it's it's pulling the top away. The stringers aren't bearing on anything. You know, they should have some hangers there. Uh, you know, nothing on this deck is bearing on anything except for the decking. Now I know this isn't. Um... This wasn't a, a typical home inspection doing a real estate transaction with real estate agents, but how do you, how would you uh, guide your inspectors in uh, navigating this uh, description of this deck? I mean, uh, you just said uh, this should be torn down, but I'd probably be hesitant in saying that as my first sentence uh, during a, a real estate inspection. How do you, how do you how do you work through that? Yeah, well. Yeah, that, that's tough. Like, you know, it's always, uh, it always depends on who's on site. And I would prefer that the realtor witness the conversation instead of imagined it later. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe the disposition of the, the clients, if they, they can kind of see, you know, well, some people will look at this and not see a problem. You know, you really have to point out every issue. Some people would look at it and they can tell it hasn't been maintained. They don't, they don't really understand uh, what exactly is wrong with it, but it just doesn't look safe. So, but, um, but yeah, I would, uh, you, you know, we can list all of the defects, but you know, this is, this is uh, something that's always a challenge. You know what I would like to see with everything in the report and, and I think Spectora is an awesome software for this to, to work. The problem with inspection software really is that, that people start using it to write the report instead of writing the report. But I think that ideally an inspection report would have two comments about a deck and, and about a roof also, like about these major things. And one would be the things that are, are maybe wrong that don't matter, um, that we don't wanna draw attention to. And the other would just be the things that are wrong and, and are critical or, or do matter. And in this case, so many things would be in that comment that it would, I would, I would say, you know, say that the, the deck is, is uh, um, you know, beyond its life expectancy. It hasn't been maintained. It wasn't constructed to today's standards and it may not be safe. And we, we suggest 
that they budget for replacement. Yep. So we we really we say budget for replacement about a lot of things instead of telling them that they that they must replace now or they should tear it off. But if I'm feeling really great with the uh, comfortable with the clients and they're not too nervous and they kind of know what they're getting into and the agent is someone that I know well, I'd tell them to tear it off, you know, because yeah. that's that's what it's going to come down to eventually, whether they realize that now while they're standing there with me or or, you know, there's no reason to call someone out to ask to fix it. It would cost more to fix all these issues than, it, you know, it would cost as much to shore it up as it would to, to replace it. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe not with today's lumber prices, but. But, uh, yeah, Mike is asking, uh, shouldn't this deck just be condemned and tell the homeowner to block it off and stop using it? I, I've done that uh, uh, several times, a few times in a dozen years of being a home inspector. We just call it a material defect and that the deck collapse could be eminent. We use that word. It's it's going to fail if you uh, you know shake it or get a party going on there. Um, and you know you got to tell the homeowner. It, it's a real big problem because we come in there and we try not to um, uh, shock anyone, but sometimes you got to shock people because this deck is just not safe. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't know that I would go that far with this one. Um, but you know, certainly, certainly sometimes you yeah. know, I, I have before, I, actually, I had one a, a few months ago, I was just asked to verify some repairs, but, and, the the buyer I, I didn't even do the inspection one of my inspectors had called out this deck uh, the the post had settled pretty dramatically it was on the side of a hill and the, the girder was it sunk down about eight inches um the, it was an old deck and um yeah so i was just asked to verify repairs i wasn't didn't even charge anything for it because it was close to my house and it was uh, the relative of a friend and I went out there to look and they had made the repairs that were asked. Someone asked them to replace the, the girder and they, you know, because it was on the side of a hill, they moved it in, they moved it in closer to the building. So, so, so now it was, uh, it was, it, it was, uh, the overhang was a third, the length of the, of the, the floor joists. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I, when I called, called her, I told her I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't take anybody out past the girder, you know? <laughs> and nope. that was the selling feature of the house yep. for them, was the deck overlooking the river on the side of the hill. But um, yeah, so there've been a couple of times like that. And if you've ever demoed a deck, you know, when you when you take this apart, everything is just gonna be corroded. Like there's, there's not much left of these nails inside the wood. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, under some circumstances, I would I would tell people not to walk on it. But you know, we're not. Um, uh, it, you know, we. I, we'll, I'll raise the flag, but I'm not. I don't really just generally don't tell people what to do. You know, hmm. but uh, they they should know that it's not safe. Yep. <clears throat> so this is, um, you know, the it's very rare to see the bottom of your stringer sitting on anything but the earth, but. Uh, on an older older deck like this, you can see see the effect. You know, it's pulling away at the top because the bottom is is rotting and sinking and settling. Um, and these one of these pavers is underneath the middle stringer, but the other other two are just sitting on the ground. So again, nothing bearing on anything, um, including the floor the joists. And um, 
So there's one bolt connecting the deck to the house. This was just kind of curious, like who, who did it and when and why? Um, I think, you know, some maybe uh, the, the county does require decks to be attached to the house. So I don't know, maybe somebody heard that and <laughs> bolt on. It's not even in the middle, you know? <laughs> I don't know. No flashing either. Um, so on the back of the house, we could see there's uh, some asbestos siding that's been covered up, which this was just on this addition. Uh, the rest of it had uh, insel brick that was underneath the vinyl siding. We could see it in a couple areas at the front. Uh, but we always uh, write that up. We, we, we don't really make a big deal out of asbestos containing products. We just tell them it's there. And if they're, if it's going to, if they're going to do any renovations, they need to make sure they're hiring a licensed contractor and, um, and they, and we don't recommend that they do it on their own because the, the contractor is supposed to do the testing or just treat it as asbestos. Then uh, the decking. Um, so back to the question of whether I would just tell them not to, to condemn the deck. Um, I walked on it. Um, I didn't feel it was it wasn't uh, moving around at all. Um, there are two by six uh, floorboards, so it's still a lot left to it, but needs to be replaced. And then uh, I dug out the bottom of the posts a little bit just to see if they were were rotted or, or how how rotted they were, I guess. Um, and uh, not too bad, but obviously it's the, the base is rotting. That's um, <clears throat> something that you see on every deck uh, is that, that they're not field treated at the at the the base of the post. Like any, if any piece of lumber that's cut should be field treated if it's going to be touching the ground, if it's if it's treated and rated for ground contact. And I, I believe in general, you it's really just four by fours and six by sixes, like two by fours and two by sixes. Those generally aren't rated for ground contact unless they're field treated. And also, I, I always tell my clients that these are termite resistant. Uh, they're not termite proof. Termites have proven that they will eat whatever they want. And um, if it's wet enough uh, and and they feel like it, they, they may uh, eat some treated wood. It's possible. So just a dirty dryer vent. Um, looks the same as every house that we've ever seen. It's the only thing normal on this one. All right, so this house, um, it's got a package unit outside and we see a lot of these in older homes in Georgia because there's just no way to get get a system in the attic or the crawl space and uh, when it was built it had a fireplace and that was its heat source and at some point they probably put some window units in but when they wanted to put in uh, central heat and air this was the only option they had. Uh, actually uh, first thing we notice is the condensate drain is just dumping on the ground right there. At least it's not going to run back into the, the cellar. There's actually a little bit of a cellar here with a concrete floor. And then uh, this drip leg, I always look for the drip leg. So obviously it's very corroded. I, I kind of wonder if they recycled this from something. 
because the unit well well they did the units only uh it's 2017 so i don't i don't think this would have corroded that quickly unless they were spraying uh, yard chemicals or something on it but uh, but it does have a, a drip leg or a sediment trap and and this is something we always call out if it's missing and uh you know hvac people sometimes think it's a joke when it's called out because they they say that it doesn't do anything you know there was a sediment trap right at the meter also but in uh in our area the gas company when they come out if they see this they're just going to shut it they'll, they'll turn the gas on at the meter but they'll turn it off at the appliance and and flag it and the last thing a homeowner wants to hear, especially if they're moving in in the wintertime, is the gas company tell them that they need to have a drip leg installed for their unit to operate safely, and they call a plumbing company or an HVAC company, and it's $400 uh, when this could have just been, been done really inexpensively by a tradesperson that was there doing something else. You know, mm -hmm. This isn't something you want to make a service call about. Um, we see that a lot, and also this uh, CSST um, you know, we try not to beat the CSST to death because when it's, if it's got a yellow coating on it, it's almost guaranteed to, to have some issues. Like technically it uh, should have a sleeve on it where it goes through the wall. It should be protected at the outside of the house. It should have some tape over this exposed uh, stainless steel so it doesn't corrode. Um, there's just lots of things we could say about it. Um, it's not in an area where I think it would be damaged, but I would, I would uh, certainly point this out to the buyer and, um, and let them know that it's it's incorrect. However, it's you can almost never find a contractor or HVAC contractor or an electrician that uh, really understands or takes CSST issues seriously. Hmm. At least here, has that been your experience? Do you have much of this out there? Not much, not much, some. And so uh, not the, it was funny you mentioned the International House of Horrors. International House of Horrors has all kinds of uh, piping issues. So it's a, it's, um, we also have a, a training course and it's in our plumbing course and, and things like that. So you can get really familiar with um, what you should be looking for as a home inspector. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this product has just caused so much confusion because yeah. it was, um, they didn't really know, know how to treat it in the, in the code and, uh, the manufacturers couldn't decide whether it needed to be bonded or not. Um, uh, you know, we could probably do like a whole hour class on this, but it's my understanding this was a this product was developed in in maybe Japan, I, I think, and then they just decided in the the '90s and early 2000s it just um, uh, hit the market pretty hard here, and there was just tons of it before they realized there were issues and. Um, so just areas areas where you have a lot of lightning, it's um, more of a concern. So I included this picture just because I always want my inspectors to think about the position of this plug because we know that if it says it, it could be turned off in some systems, particularly a heat pump in the wintertime, we have a ton of heat pumps here. If, uh, if you're looking at a heat pump in the wintertime and someone has flipped this plug in the off position and you didn't notice it, when you go inside and turn the system on, it's just going to blow emergency heat and, and uh, you'll, you, you should get a, a really high delta T because it's running off heat strips, but uh, you may overlook a, a system that is, uh, is not functioning. So we always want to verify that there's a dead front cover and verify that it's actually turned on.
Not so much an issue with a gas furnace, but. Um, here, this isn't sealed to the wall very well, so we know water is going to go in into the cellar area here. And um, but uh, the homeowners just cleaned this off. We we always see tons of leaves on here, and and on older homes we see lots of corrosion here, and it can be uh, bad enough where it becomes like a rat run, you know, this um, uh, entry into the crawl space. So just snap a picture of that, and you can see the walls damaged just from water splashing back up on it. The parging's coming off. And. You know, we always get a picture of the label and we check to see what size breaker we're supposed to have. And this is like a freebie on most home inspections, even like new construction, it's almost always wrong. So it's uh, uh, the max, max breaker is 25 amps and it's on a 30 amp breaker. <laughs> and uh, of course we get all the data off of the label as well. All right, there was a, another deck on the other side of the house. Um, just a couple photos of this one because they're basically the same thing. It needs to be torn off, but uh, these stairs um, uh, are not built properly. They're not supported. Um, sitting on the ground, pulling pulling away at the top, just like the other one. And then the, the deck boards aren't supported on the end and um, on, on either side. So. How's uh am I going too fast, too slow? Uh no, no. Uh, speaking Some of play. that, speaking of uh, time management, um, you know, at this point, uh during the home inspection, I don't know how long your typical home inspection is for your company. Uh for me, it was three hours. At this point, like m as a home inspector, my whole uh perspective of the house starts to shift. Mm -hmm. Um now you mentioned taking pictures of everything, and now I'm not taking pictures of everything. I'm not even looking at the cosmetic stuff. Um, I'm looking for the major, major things, right? So that I'm not there all day long. Uh, do you do you have that kind of thought process of time management with your inspectors? Yeah, we do. We uh, they they have a budget um, just based on the size of the house and the foundation. So we kind of uh, we've been using ISN for a long time, and and it's it sort of zeroes it in pretty well. I check with them periodically to see, especially with newer inspectors, to see how they're doing uh, with the, the time that was it was scheduled for. Yeah. But um, really, this this house is, is going to be problematic because it's, you know, if there's a buyer present because there's just so much on the outside. But we always uh, try to show up a half hour before the inspection scheduled. And uh, my, my um, goal was always to have the outside done and be on the roof at 9 a.m. Uh, when the when the buyer pulls in the driveway because that's, that's usually their biggest concern and when they whatever anxiety they have will will just wash away when they pull in and they see that you're standing on the roof they, they feel like you got it taken care of and uh, th there's just so much so much data collection on the outside and uh, and maybe some nitpicky things or maybe some head scratcher things to deal with it's better to do that when no one's watching you know yep so uh and uh, you're doing great. I mean, we, I think we scheduled two hours, so it's really up to you uh, how fast you want to go or slow. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I sort up of omitted a lot of the interior stuff because there's there's not much going on in there. But 
um, <clears throat> so this was a, a duplex at one point. And, um, you know, of course, where I live, you can't turn a house, a single family house into a duplex anymore. So these are, these are really desirable properties if it's got two meters on it already. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so this was a, a duplex. It actually, it's got two kitchens and two bathrooms and they had just sealed off a door in the middle, but it was, um, I guess it was, a, 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 I guess it was a three, a three or a two one eventually, or uh, yeah, it was a two one and now it's like, a, it was a duplex, but um, it's been opened up. But we got two meters here. And um, so we always, look at the service and uh, I always want to be very deliberate looking for the grounding. I think that's something that's easy to, to overlook. But this is when we start thinking about how the electrical system is, uh, is designed and put together. And uh, so the ground here, this is a, a little unusual in our area to see this, but it's grounded at the service drop. So our ground connection is right here on the neutral uh, run to the ground. Hmm. Um, do you ever see that out there? No, no, I've never seen that. Yeah, it's actually, it's, uh, it's okay to do that. And it's, it has to be at the, either the service drop, the meter or the first point of disconnect. So it could be at the main panel, uh, you know, our newer, newer building codes are going to require the main panel to be so close to the meter that it's probably just going to be at the meter or there's going to be an exterior disconnect, but um, but uh, this this uh, was acceptable, and I believe it still is acceptable here. We just don't we don't see it very often, but I've probably seen it maybe maybe uh, five times in ten years. Hmm. But this did uh, raise some questions for me that we'll get to because it's uh, we got two panels inside, and one's grounded and one's not. But this is our our main our ground is out here. Um, so obviously no drip loop here. Uh, that's something we would point out and uh, running through the bushes. <clears throat> um, so here, uh, this, this was kind of like a weird chase, I guess, for uh, a plumbing vent. It uh, comes out the wall, goes under the window and back up the top. But I guess somebody was working on it and they never put it back in. So we can expect a lot of water to run into the wall right here. And got some some uh, some cable running this way. And of course, it's not supposed to be exposed outside for a reason. It doesn't have any UV protection. So we got a couple lights outside. Wiring's just not secured. You like that? Uh, your pictures are awesome. You should sell them. <laughs> yeah, so another close up of this cable. So lots of uh, shock hazards potentially out, out here. And then, um, so I think this is our last picture from the outside, but um, just uh, crawl space doors. Uh, this one is wide open. I don't like to see this when I'm uh, uh, outside because you know, the rest of the time we're inside, so we're, we're going to wonder in the back of our minds what's living down there and, and um, if we're going to be outnumbered. <laughs> so 
I included a couple of infrared pictures and, and we use infrared on all of our inspections and and we don't charge extra for it. I, I feel like it's a tool that just about everybody has. And um, and I think it's, uh, we, we really use it just to draw our attention to things that we might miss otherwise. So in our process, when we go inside the house, um, we'll go up to the attic first, but before we go in the attic, we're gonna do just a quick scan of all the ceilings on the upper level. Hmm. And the reason we do that is because when we get in the attic, we may not be able to traverse the entire thing, or if it's a new home, we're not gonna go uh, damaging insulation and, and uh, moving it out of the way. So we're, we're gonna inspect the attic as best we can, but before I go all the way to the other side of the attic, I, I really want a reason to go over there. If, um, you know, a lot of times you go up there and there's there's been lots of foot traffic from the cable guy and the last home inspector and you can just follow their path, but uh, we wanna look and see if there's if there's reason to to go in areas that we might otherwise just look at from from farther away, which so, flare uh, do you use? Which flare uh, cam? This is a this is a FLIR E8. Hmm. Um, my inspectors get the E6 or the E5. I'm, I'm the only one who gets the E8. <laughs> but uh, we're uh, we're we're all using the FLIR. That's great. <laughs> I think it's a great uh, differentiator too, especially if you're not charging for it. And yep. um, just, uh, you know, you can say why, you know, why would you hire an inspector that sees the same thing you see? You know, this yep. is a, make a great marketing piece with these things. And, you know, your client, they don't even, they don't know what this means. If right. or, a, or a marketing, per, if they, they see this in marketing, they don't know what it means. They just think it's, they think it's cool. And it's also, it's um, make lots of jokes about looking for ghost hunting and things like that if you want. Uh, we just took a couple pictures of the inside. So, you know, it's an older house. We expect, we always expect to see insulation settling. So I don't know that I wouldn't put this in a report. Like this is really for, for me to know where I need to look, but you know, someone buying an older home, even, you know, a seventies ranch, this is much older than that, but even a seventies ranch, you're always going to see that the insulation settled in the wall. And what, what are they going to do about that? Why, why do they need to think about that? They're buying a seventies ranch. That's, that's part of the deal. Yep. But I expect that when we get up there, there's gonna be uh, some missing insulation in some areas. And these are a great tool. We found them, we found so many shower pan leaks that we, we just would not have seen if, uh, if we didn't use the infrared. And I was, uh, uh, I was under the impression a long time ago that if there was a leak, there was gonna be a water stain. And uh, if there if there was a leak and no water stain, somebody covered it and it was fixed, and that's that's just not the case. Sometimes it takes a long time for that water stain to appear out to to appear. So the um, there was a a large piece of plywood over the attic hatch, so I thought I was going to have a big opening, but I I took it down, and there was a 11 by 24 inches for me to squeeze through. Um, and I know some people may not take a cover off if it's screwed on like that, but we do. And, you know, the, the hole is smaller than, uh, than we would like it to be, but if we can get up there, that's, that's one of the things we always, we tell our, our clients and agents that we're going to go anywhere we can fit, you know, so we're not going to do anything dangerous, but we can get through that one. 
So uh, I stuck my head up slowly in case there were any uh, rats, snakes, bats, or possums, or raccoons. Uh, we've found all of those things in attic spaces here. You can see they put some poison out for the mice. The mice ate the poison, and then they ate the poison dish. Um, they said, we'll take it. <laughs> and uh, just a picture of a little burrow hole in the insulation. So this is pretty common in uh, just about every attic. And all the insulation up here has been compressed. So I think something was living up here at some point and just walking around a lot. Uh, but it's been there for a couple decades, so. Hmm. So going back to our roof discussion, like these are, we got a couple boards in a row that are broken here. Um, you know, I only weigh 160 pounds. So it would probably support my weight. We've got an extra, extra uh, layer of shingles on top to help prevent us from falling through, but we don't want to walk around in the field of the roof on an older home like this. Yeah, that's that dead zone you were talking about. Yeah, and then this is just completely random. So somebody, somebody put a piece of aluminum flashing over a hole uh, to add some support, and uh, but that if you stepped right there, you're gonna you'll know it. Um, oh. it. May not fall through, but you'll know it. And that's that's a pretty big hole there. And you see lots of places where there's broken boards just hanging down. So just a view across the attic. Uh, this was the the main um, the main part of the attic, um, and there was so, some areas that we couldn't get into. I can see one unit is insulated and one unit wasn't very well. Looks like they insulated with insulation just on one side. Yeah, I, I bet they just bought some and they ran out. Oh, okay. Like they got tired of trying to push it through that little slot. Can you imagine taking all that insulation through that small hole? They had to feed yeah. it through like a like a, you know, like a dollar bill machine. Just open it up. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So. Um, just another picture of the way it's framed. So, you know, we don't have don't have any collar ties here. I, I did have some pictures from the ground view that I didn't put in the presentation, but the roof's kind of wonky. I'm, I'm told wonky is a Southern term. I don't know if it is or not, but <laughs> kind of wonky. It's um, not very not very level looking, and uh, it's just it just doesn't meet today's standards. And we don't we don't go in and um, when we see something like this, we kind of take like uh, it, it's sort of a, it is what it is approach. Like it doesn't meet current standards. And we have a generic comment that says that it, it wasn't framed using uh, current standards and it may benefit from additional support. I think that's the easy way, easy way to say it. So you're not telling them that they, they need to reframe the roof, but um, in areas where if we saw any substantial sagging issues, we, we might tell them that they should have a framer add some support, but uh, this is uh, this has been here since 1945. Um, you know, framing is one of the things that can stand the test of time. Uh, electrical systems, not so much, but uh, framing if it stays dry. Do you agree with that? Uh, yep. Yep. So uh, let's see. I remember a turbine vent on the top, right? Yeah. And is that a gable vent at the very far that I see by the chimney? 
There are, yeah, there's turbine vents and gable vents and there's, um, there are soffit vents in the vinyl, but I don't know if there were soffit vents in the old soffit, but um, the, the gable vents are very small. They're, they're like uh, uh, maybe like six by 10 inches. Yeah. I think there's a picture of one in another space, but you can see there's the insulation's packed all the way up to the end there. Yeah, so for existing homes, like as a home inspector, you see all these problems, you can make all kinds of recommendations to fix and repair stuff. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, when it comes to making recommendations to, to improve something, like improve the ventilation, that's a sticky kind of conversation. Because, yeah. it, you know, it's been, it's, oh, how, how old is this home? 70 years old, it's been that way forever. That's a good argument. And there are modern codes and best practices to ventilate it well or to bring some collar ties in. But um, I don't think that's the path a home inspector needs to go down. You know, we really need to focus in on what our purpose is there uh, uh, at that house, especially an old house like this. There's so much going on, so much wrong. And you can just go down. You can be there all day, all week, making recommendations yeah. and explaining why you made those recommendations. It's, yeah, I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was trying, I was kind of revisiting collar ties. And I think I went back into the InterNACHI training and it, it's, it said that you should not uh, recommend collar ties on an older home or you shouldn't call it out as a defect anyway. So, um, so I got, cause I used to, I used to point it out on every one and, and I would, you hate to see someone divert their resources to something like that when there's there's uh, something more important that they could spend their money to fix. Exactly. Yep. It's so frustrating when you go back to verify repairs and you're like, why did you, why did you ask for these things? <laughs> you have these other things. I mean, that's, that's, yep. if they did, it's because we, we kind of failed them in a way, you know, huh. so, so you know, we, we offered um, in the email that goes out with the report, it, it says, you know, if you have any, uh, it's it's actually to the agent. It says, you know, if you need any help, um, like uh, writing uh, a repair request, like you know, wording it, we're happy to help. Because uh, so many times, well, also when we go back out, we're not doing a reinspection. We're just verifying that the repairs were done as they were asked. Because this is, you know, we're it's the day before closing. We're not there to to point out who did what well, you know, uh, we're just there to point out that the contract, uh, what, what they agreed to and the, the amendment to the contract was done. Very good. Sorry, I didn't go in the wrong way. Um, so yeah, some of these, uh, uh, I guess, you know, I'm not 100% sure what the function is of these. Is this holding the load because it's not sufficient? Is it preventing rafter spread? Is it kind of more like a collar tie than a strut? Yeah, it's, it's load. I think it's for load, but um, I can take a look. I think it's a, well, I don't know what the terminology is, but yeah. um, it seems to be holding load. It's not uh, for spread, right? Yeah. yeah. But that popped off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a couple of them that were loose like that. So here's the entrance to another uh, part of the attic. And, right, easy. Um, yeah, so some poor guy had to crawl through there to insulate that. So I crawled up there just to see what it looked like. And uh, there's insulation in there. And uh, they went to town over on this side with their additional support. I'm not sure what was going on to warrant that, but 
Maybe they were just like nailing extra things. I don't know. I got one picture of that area. And then I uh, went back to the chimney. So the chimney's abandoned, so none of this really matters. But we uh, we can see that there's some charred wood here. That that kind of uh, that was interesting because the decking's not charred around it. So they must have had uh, had to replace some of the decking at some point. I would guess. Not really sure. And then uh, has improper clearances um, from the chimney, which is on every home inspector exam, I believe. Uh, Supposed to be two inches inside the structure and one inch outside, but that two inch two inch rule is is on every home inspector exam that I've ever seen. So um, yeah, and then kind of our normal electrical issues that we find in an old attic: uh, open boxes and older wire. And um, you know our bathroom vents is venting into the attic space. The wiring's not secured; it's just spliced outside of the vent. So, um, you know, when we were talking about attic ventilation earlier, one of the things about Georgia is that uh, if we, when we see bathroom vents vented to attic spaces, it's very common, you know, they, they don't do it in new construction, but it's very common to see it. And um, we just don't see problems with it if the attic's ventilated. So that's kind of been, um, one of the things that we think about if we if we see a bathroom vent, of course we're going to re recommend that it goes to the outside of the house. But uh, I, I think this attic is breathing well enough because there's no mold problems in this this area. If if it was not ventilated well, we would expect to see mold. You know, in some some parts of the country, probably in in Colorado, this is going to be a major problem. It's just not a major problem here. And then uh, there was some water staining on the rafters below that chimney, and uh, there's some staining on the ceiling in the living space where it dripped down, but it was dry. Um, so I, I think the bucket of tar or the second layer of shingles did its job. And then uh, just some pictures of, of different electrical issues. We've got dead outlets. Uh, we've got broken covers ungrounded outlets. Of course, the wiring doesn't have a ground, so we can't have a grounded outlet. Um, and then the three-prong outlets that we have are not grounded. So, you know, that's uh, that's problematic. In a, in a home like this, do you tell them to rewire the whole house or do you tell them to put in GFCI outlets? I would tell them they need to rewire the house in this case, but, you know, at the, at the end of it, you'll there's just so many issues with the electrical system. That's really the only solution is, is to rewire the house. And uh, so we got ungrounded um, exposed wiring here, just more, just lots of wiring exposed on the inside. And then uh, some, some gas lines that aren't capped off. So I think both of these were from gas dryers um, so each side had a hundred amps, uh, and and they had accommodations for gas dryers. We don't see a lot of gas dryers here, but uh, and then uh, under a sink, we're missing a shutoff here, and we got I think everything had an S trap. They love S traps, and they love uh, flexible connectors too. And this sink was was it was wet underneath there, and there's lots of mold on the wall behind it, so it's been leaking for a while. 
And I'm not sure how long this this house has been vacant, so it's um, probably pretty substantial. So, you know, we check the appliances and um, we try not to beat them up too bad. But I always report if the ice maker was turned off. So we check to see if it was if there's no ice, we see if it was turned off. We just have a button we press that says it was turned off. Um, you know, depending on the disposition of the client. In today's market, they're not going to get any concessions over a broken uh, CRISPR bin, but some people want you to put that in there. So, you know. The olives were great, by the way. Uh, so this is that underneath the metal roof. Um, so obviously it's leaked, but what I thought was interesting was they had a fire over here also. So someone has... Um, so painted this charred wood here. And um, there's just nothing underneath that metal roof. There's this uh, OSB and uh, nothing to assist it. It's just that that really needs to come off. Um, or put, you know, put down like a, a rolled roof would be better or um, something for a flat roof. Mm -hmm. So more S-traps. And a wonderful uh, upgrade here, the cardboard base. <laughs> so uh, just lifted that up, got some places for rodents to come in from below. And uh, the toilet was turned off. I, I turned it on um, uh, just to, to test it. And then I was going to, and I turned it back off when I was done. But the someone replaced the flapper with the wrong flapper. The chain's too short. It just doesn't work at all. It, um, um, and then the bathtub, all the piping in the wall was loose. I had a, so we use Spectora, I mentioned before, we can put videos in yeah. the reports. So we, we would have a video of this, uh, you know, just us showing that it doesn't actually close and a video showing that this is all loose. Uh, but also there, this has been patched before also. And we, we always recommend if we, if we can see that it's been patched, then we know it wasn't done by a professional and there's a high probability that it's going to leak, and and uh, we want them to to have that addressed. So this was interesting. Uh, the sink was supported by these two wood dowels, and when you walk past it, the dowel falls off. <laughs> uh, just just from your your body weight resting on the subfloor. And then uh, mouse poop in the light. Sometimes we see uh, scorpions in the lights and wow. never really figured out why. It's kind of random. Um, but, you know, even on second floor, the second floor of homes, we've seen scorpions in the light. And the only thing I can imagine is that they're they're following the, the cable and at some point they're attracted to the, the light. I, I really don't huh. know. It's, it's hmm. bizarre. I wish... I have some old pictures somewhere of, of light fixtures with scorpions in them, hmm. little tiny scorpions. So moving on to the, the cellar, there's a cellar and a crawl space and I uh, went through both of them. Um, I should have started with just a picture of what I saw when I opened the door because it was like ductwork was hanging in the way. I had to push it out of the way and just like wires and, and uh, pipes everywhere. But this. This was actually wet. There was a, a, a drop of water here. So we've got a little, a small leak on the water line. Um, 
They, uh, I was happy to see that they used duct tape for at least one of their repairs. <laughs> so they capped off this line here uh, to the vents on the outside. Um, you know, lots going on in the background too. Yeah. And um, I always write up these hangers when, you know, you're not supposed to have metal hangers on plastic pipes. And, and I write them up because I had a, a realtor years ago. I did an inspection for him. And after he moved in, he was buying the house for himself. And after he moved in, he was in his crawl space and his dog bumped into a pipe that was hanging from a plastic hanger like that. It was about two feet long and broke the pipe. And, hmm. uh, and he blamed me. Why? I don't know. Like, why? Why is your dog in the crawl space? <laughs> My first question. But you know, it's uh, yeah. They because they 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 move around, and uh, PVC pipe should be. It needs to be, have rigid support. And the reason you don't have metal hangers on it is because it, it's just easy to break. Yeah. Somebody bumps into it. Yeah. But down here, you can't really tell what's supporting what anyway. So it's got some additional support by the duct, and it's holding these cables. And uh, you know. Not really sure who's holding who, but that's something something we always we we make a note of it. We don't make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Um, so lots going on here. Lots of different types. Fun so, mess. Uh, piping. I think I got a close up of that. Yeah. So just sitting on a block. There was also some water on the floor here. So I was looking at it for a minute, trying to figure out which of these connections it was leaking out of, and then I looked up. And I saw that. <laughs> is that supposed to be together? Yeah. It drains better if it's separated. Yeah, it does. Yeah, fix that clog. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And then uh, lots of just weird repairs in here. So they've obviously fixed this section. I, I can't tell if this is uh, um, approved uh, glue here, but that's what they used. So, do we have any questions? Yeah, um, I, I have one. Uh, so what do you use in a crawl space? Uh, we used to have full body suits and caps and respirators and gloves and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, well, you know, sometimes I wonder if we go if we don't go far enough, but I, I've always just worn a pair of Dickies coveralls with zipper zipper vests, but we, we use um, a, a respirator. I don't use a full face respirator. No. Um, but um, and I used to wear goggles, but they get fogged up. But instead of that, so yeah, we wear gloves. Uh, also, I use uh, concrete overboots um, for mm. concrete work. They're, they've lasted for a long time. They're indestructible. Um, so, uh, but, but the best tool I found for crawl space is um, a dandelion weeder. Are, are you familiar with this tool? It's like a it's like a uh, maybe a 32 to 36 inch long wooden handle with just a small uh, ah. metal piece on the end and a little V on the end. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's for cutting a dandelion off at the root. You know, you can just walk around and poke at them. You know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know who does that kind of thing, but it's, <laughs> but it's very satisfying. But, <laughs> but uh, the dandelion weeder is an awesome tool for a crawl space because uh, you can you know, if you run into any wildlife, you can defend yourself at a at more of a distance. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's great for pulling back insulation. And, you know, the we're, we don't have to pull back insulation. It's, um, you know, things that 
things that we can't see, we kind of have an alibi on that, but we, we always pull back insulation below doors, uh, below exterior doors, at deck attachments, yep. and, uh, and below plumbing fixtures, especially shower pans. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we're, we always move them in those areas and you don't want to be under it because then it's the, you don't want the fiberglass falling in your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't want the mouse poop falling in your eyes and you don't right. want the snake to fall on your face either. Yeah. So it's, uh, I, I highly recommend that tool. That just ruins um, your day. Yeah. Uh, Mark says, look, is it going to cost more to renovate this house for safe occupancy than it would to just tear this house down and build a new one? Uh, you know, price the lumber. Going, yeah, price of lumber, right. It's going back to that thing. What do you say when it's really bad? Um, and so like we, I'm a code inspector and uh, Internet, has a code uh, course to help you prepare to take the code exam. And in the course, you might be interested um, as a home inspector to take the code course, not to be a code inspector, but within the, every code course, there is um, training for the code official who has the authority to condemn things, you know, and it has this training where you can draw this line, where you can say this is this is bad and needs to be repaired, or this is so bad, um, I'm not going to let anybody occupy the house or use this particular system, or I'm going to shut this down. So it might be of interest uh, for home inspectors to take Internet's. It's a free online uh, code course. Just go to our education page and search for a code, and the code course will pop up. But um, Hardly ever, uh, home inspectors should not be at the point of saying, we got to tear this house down. Um, you shouldn't be going down that path at all. Just uh, observe and, and report and be careful with um, things like um, uh, using a D9 uh, as a solution to uh, you know, your observations. Yeah, that also kind of depends on where you are. Also, there are some some cities have adopted the, uh, uh, I think it's the International Property Maintenance Code. Yep. Um, and if you're doing an inspection in a place like that, then you you really um, you really need to be to understand what they they may require because you know in places like in the city of Atlanta, for example, if you want to if you want to change an outlet, you may have to bring the house up to code and. <clears throat> And um, you know you don't you don't want your clients to be surprised by something like that. Yeah. But one thing we always tell our, our clients on an older home like this with electrical is that in in our juris the, the jurisdiction that I live in anyway, um, if you want to do a fifty percent upgrade on the system, if the code official determines that you're replacing fifty percent, he's going to require hundred percent compliance. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to be in a position where you've you've kind of put it in their head that they're going to get somebody to come in for four or five hundred dollars and make make a few of these repairs that you thought were important, and then the next thing they know, they have to do eight to ten thousand dollars worth of electrical work. Yeah. And because um, uh, you, uh, yeah. So there, there's also the uh, um, there there is a code. Um, I wish I could. It's uh, electrical inspections for. Well, no, that's a book. There, there is a there is a, an electrical code for existing dwellings. I can't forget. I, I can't remember what it uh, what it's called though. It's in it's a thin red book, but um, I used to use that as a reference. 
Yeah, the IRC has uh, a code book for existing buildings. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's um, well, there's, yeah, at least there, and, there's one for electrical and you, that's, it's great to say, you know, it says like if an outlet has paint on it, it should be replaced. Yeah. Yeah, because most realtors are going to fight that. And if you say, well, you know, it's in the, this is like the existing, this is, this is what the, the existing code says should yeah. be done. You know, not, but, not new construction, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you're right. It's the International Property Maintenance Code. That's a good. That's a good code book for. It. But just this picture, I love this picture. There's so many things, and just in this picture, it's it's really incredible. The the insulation on the ductwork, the the two by four supporting the rotten flooring above, the two dissimilar uh, kind of drain pipes. I see electrical wiring that's not in a box. It just goes on. And, on. Yeah. and then. Uh... Yeah, and then this uh, missing insulation on this boot that causes a lot of damage where we live. If there's, uh, especially when you have water flowing through a crawl space, because that ends up turns into water vapor, and that's where it condenses. It gets mm. wicked into the wood, and then yeah. everything rots. Hmm. John asks, um, "Do you charge for your post repair inspection that you mentioned before?" We do, and um, uh, we felt guilty about that for a long time, and. Uh, <laughs> Because what would happen is they would they would call you because they're anxious and you want to help your clients yeah and um, and that you're really the only one that can do it so we, we had this struggle for a long time we try to squeeze them in over our lunch break or after hours and uh, maybe charge like forty five dollars or something but what we did to solve this problem was we started telling them in the email with the report delivery that says if you would like to have us verify our repairs. We would love to do so, and we charge one ninety five. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, so we we are missing out on a full inspection if we do that. But it's if we're gonna if we're gonna do it during an inspection slot, we need to get something for it. So yep. you got to charge for your the value that you provide, not necessarily and, the time. And so many people ask for it now. It's uh, we do we do a couple of them a week, and hmm. and. Um, and they're happy to pay for it. So it's not like we're springing it on them at the last minute when they're, they're desperate for answers. So <clears throat> just more, um, yeah, there's just lots going on here. This is sort of below that side deck. Um, and there's a septic system in the back, but you can see water. It looks like water seeps in through this wall. Sure. And then uh, I don't know what this pipe goes to, but I would uh, I would seal that off just to make sure it's not connected to the septic septic system somehow. Hmm. So uh, little drop of water right here. So uh, and they use this old pipe. That that pipe just looks horrible. Yeah. This is under the tub. Um, I couldn't find any water up here, so it was it was coming out of the side of this pipe. Uh, it's it's got a little bit of a crack in it. Oh, why did they keep the cast iron? <laughs> they put a piece, they kept a piece of old cast iron pipe in between new PVC. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh that's bizarre. I think it's a uh, too much fall there also, but um I didn't put a tape measure on it. Mm. So as far as other tools I take in the crawl space, uh, take a camera. I don't like to take my phone in there, even though the software is on the phone. Um, and then um, a voltage detector and a moisture meter. And then this is just wild right here. Um, we've got capped off 
copper lines, um, you know, connectors. Yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah, so I don't even know what I was taking a picture of here. It, it could be the rot. Uh, I guess uh, there's some some missing wood here. A couple different types of piping. This no. old uh, PVC, I, I find that it, it's, it's very brittle. I always warn my inspectors to be very careful around it because if you bump it, it might just snap. Here's some more uh, weirdness. Why there's a shutoff valve here? I don't know. It's not the main shutoff. Uh, there was a. This was leaking. This was a little wet right here. And this is my second favorite find. Huh. So we fixed a water line with a, a piece of rubber. Yeah. And a clamp. And a clamp. Um, hey, it's not leaking. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> here, just uh, more unsupported water lines just sagging down from the weight or maybe they put it in that way I don't know <laughs> so uh, this was the the main water shut off is right here and I wasn't really so this is in the cellar area still and there's another hose bib here so this was all kind of a mess um, but I wanted to track down that water line so this hose you know is I thought maybe this was water going out, you know, so it goes out through the foundation wall, but it's leaving below grade. Hmm. So I've walked around in the yard and I found it, it's connected over here. So this is an old wellhead and it's it's been covered up. I should have gotten another picture, but this was, I guess this was on a well at some point. Hmm. And, um, and uh, I'm guessing that water was going the other direction. That's um, a weird way to connect it. Um, and then there was uh, some wiring out here next to the old wellhead. And you know these uh, these voltage detectors they can give you false positives. And I couldn't figure out why this would give me a false positive. Um, but I, I wasn't going to just grab the conductors to see if they were hot. So um, so yeah, I'm not really sure about this one if if that was really live or not. Yeah, because you know, it didn't. This this particular voltage detector, it it doesn't. It's not tripped by low voltage. I think it it's like at, uh, um, uh, like ninety amps maybe. Is uh is where it's it starts picking things up, but it didn't. It wasn't making any noise, and it usually beeps. It just lit up. Hmm. There's a a guy in uh, Minneapolis, uh, Structure Tech. He's he does a lot of stuff online, and he has a video about these voltage detectors that I think every home inspector needs to watch because it really he shows you how to cheat them, how to make them go off when there's no voltage. Huh. We see a lot of stuff on uh, on social media, or people will ask you about it. But I, I've seen people have these set off by PVC pipe before, and or um, uh, just random things that could not possibly have been energized, you know, yeah. or or they touched and they weren't energized. But so um, yeah, so an electrician needs to look at that. So we got two water heaters. Um, this one is a uh, it's a 97 um, 40 gallon. Looking pretty rough. It used to have an insulated jacket on it, uh, but the the rodents. The weight of the the rodents and their feces probably made it fall off. <laughs> so at least it's not on the ground; it is elevated. 
I'm happy to see that. But uh, corroded at the bottom and uh, CPR, it's not piped at all. Yeah. Um, you know, we got copper and galvanized here. Uh, there's another water heater because this was a duplex. So this is a uh, 07, 50 gallon. Uh, this one is is sitting on some broken block in the corner in a low spot, um, and no, no, we don't believe in TPRs here, so it's not one. And uh, this is old gas line, so we've got galvanized on the gas line. This was abandoned though, but um, I went ahead and took a picture of it anyway. They had uh, it, it. There's another another run of gas line. Um, and then CSST, we talked about that earlier, should be bonded. Um, and this was my favorite one. The reason there's a red arrow here is because I, I used it in a, uh, an email that we sent out to realtors talking about skipping uh, home inspections, you know, desperate buyers skipping home inspections. Yeah. So this is a gas line with a clamp on it. Like I've never seen that before. I've seen it on water lines before, but I've never seen it on a gas line. Huh. And um, uh, we also, if we see saddle valves, we write those up also, because they end up, they, they leak eventually a saddle, va saddle valve on a gas line. But this was a, uh, this, this is a, could be really dangerous. So the gas was off. We didn't, we didn't smell anything. And then uh, these two, these two go to each other. There's a old, old uh, outlet run over to a new one. Little plug. That's custom. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So yeah, some old wire, just some uh, extra support. Well, let's just scab it together however we can. Yeah. Some uh, more older wire. Hmm. Uh, Boy, sure that's if I was taking a picture of the wire, the uh, rotted joist, yeah. or the mold on everything. But joist doesn't even exist at the end there. No, it doesn't. The 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 extra layer of subfloor is holding itself up. So this is the first panel. There were two down there. So they're both hundred amp panels. Um, in the crawl space. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, this is a uh, yeah. This is actually this is in the cellar, I guess. I okay. I would consider it a crawl space. This is obviously a wet area, so it doesn't belong down there. But um, mm. I, I think someone, whoever installed it, would probably try to argue that that was technically a cellar. <laughs> um, you couldn't find a set of stairs to put it over, so you had to put it put it there. Um, so. Not really too many things wrong. We have like, uh, there's some double lug neutrals. I think one of these is double lugs. Um, if anybody sees anything else, we're missing a grommet. And this is uh, uh, backfed main is um, is not bolted in. So, you know, if this was, if this breaker is removed, it's still going to be hot. Hmm. So, um, and then just sloppy. And do you always take the dead front off? Uh, I would say that, but the second panel I did not. But um, the pretty much what we usually do. I think um, there there's sometimes we won't. Um, trying to think of one actually, but, 
there's uh yeah if it's it's really if it's painted to the wall or if it's caulked to the wall that's really where we draw the line if it's painted to the wall we'll score it and try to get it off but if it's caulked to the wall it's uh, it's really more about causing damage than than uh, anything else but if if my inspectors don't feel safe doing it they, they i don't expect them to yeah um but this next one here um uh, this one is right in front of the water heater. It's low clearance anyway. I mean, I can't stand up straight to do this. Hmm. And I don't want to be, you know, since the wiring in this place is so sketchy, I don't want to be touching um, a grounded appliance while taking this cover off. Hmm. Uh, so this one I didn't remove. Hmm. I don't want to try to put the cover back on that thing either, you know? Yeah. So some of the, the sidewall here is rotted, rotted out. I think that's what I was taking a picture of. It's, it's hard to tell. Yep. Wow. So yeah, here we've got, this is uh, really common in older homes. You see some kind of like some makeshift support. Uh, they, it's not, there are no nails holding this up. So I guess they used the service entrance cable to keep some tension on it. <laughs> And then uh, another one here, this is a screw jack. So you see the bottom, there's no plate on the bottom and that's not concrete. So I guess it's just sunk in, I don't know. But uh, this one also, uh, we have uh, some water line here that we've used an old bungee strap to, uh -huh. to hold on to our, uh, our metal column here. Yeah. So, you know, I, this is uh, something we see a lot is that these get called out as temporary support. Um, you know, and it's, you know, you know, they say that it wasn't designed as permanent support. And uh, I don't know, how, do, how do you, I can tell you how we handle that, like, but I'm curious how, how you handle these. So we've seen lots of home inspectors talk about it and seen articles written about it. But whenever we see additional support added that wasn't original, uh, we, you know, we, we try to figure out, like, think about why they added it and what's it, what is it really doing? Um, and, uh, and we would recommend adding permanent support, but we don't really make a big deal about it not being engineered for permanent support. Right. Um, but I used to just really nitpick at these, like it doesn't have a positive connection at the top or the bottom. It's not, uh, it's missing a pin here. It's, it's got corrosion on it. It's not designed to be permanently there, but um, I'm not really sure why it's here. It may be here to hold this water line. I'm not sure. <laughs> right, it's probably another problem. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe the floor bounces or there's something above it that has to be part of the story. Yeah. The problem isn't necessarily that it's a temporary solution yeah. to something. It's, yeah, it's not. Probably. Right. Probably doesn't have an important job to do. Yeah. So, so kind of some more rot. Um, and then uh, I think this is where we get into, uh, this is just the ductwork. This is all from the cellar also, but uh, just, you know, there's lots, there's a, it's torn insulation. It's been some nesting here. That's probably, it, it gets, just gets worse from there, but we've got no insulation on the metal here on these uh, metal connection, or I guess this is just to fasten it, but 
Um, you can see this just tells me this is a very wet environment sometimes, mm -hmm. and we have water water flowing through. It hasn't rained. It had not rained um, substantially in several weeks when I was down there, so it, it wasn't it wasn't damp and it didn't feel humid. But uh, vented crawl spaces they don't don't always work well. So when we see stuff like this, we know that it's there's uh, really high humidity. Hmm. And I think we caught this duct in the background earlier, but this is just completely missing insulation. This piece is missing insulation. Hmm. So getting into the crawl space, just kind of more, more uh, electrical issues. Um, I like old, like uh, finding old bottles in crawl spaces. Uh, I looked this one up. This was uh, made, this was made in uh, 1947 hmm. in uh, Virginia. Uh, kind of a distinct label, but it had a a red soda in it. Huh. It wasn't from a place called Red Rock. It was yeah. the, the soda is actually red. Huh. Uh. Yeah. So getting in the crawl space area. So we've got these uh, duck boots that don't have insulation on them. And, uh, and we're seeing mold around them. And also this, this, uh, this duct, this is staying very wet. So there's a water stains inside that duct. So we have water uh, just running down into the low area of the duct and we have water wicking into the wood. And there's like, there's kind of some different mold species here. So this lighter mold is, um, is growing farther away, but it, this just tells us that this mold needs a lot of water and this mold needs less water. <laughs> it's really it's the end of the story, but it's just uh, different, different molds, lots of water. Um, so they, they've added some beams through the crawl space here. Um, beams kind of interesting. It's not really holding anything in some places. It's not touching anything, but I guess if the floors fall, they'll cut the beam will catch them. They got a couple inches to go. So this was the that side porch that had that the terrible flat roof that had the mushrooms growing out of it. So on the the outside of the porch, I noticed that the the vent was wide open, and this is where it connects with the crawl space. So this is just another entry for for animals, and um, and then there's termite damage right here. There's termite tunnels on the the surface of the wood, and. Um, there was also some some droppings down there that looked like they were from a, a raccoon or a possum or a cat. Like cats will turn a crawl space into a litter box, um, and if there's much of that, we won't go through it. But uh, it was it was just some in a specific area. So more problems with the ductwork. It's a shame this HVAC system is not that old, um, but the ductwork needs to be replaced. So more termites. I was hoping to find some that were active. Um, you know, termites are weird. If you break the tunnel, they leave. Uh, so, um, you know, if in Georgia, you're required to remove the tunnel when you do the treatment. So it's generally assumed if you see a termite tunnel, whether there's termites in it or not, you have an active infestation. So it's kind of more, more liars. This was interesting. This uh, this stack of blocks was under the hearth extension. So, the they had run hardwood over the hearth extension. It was flush with the original floor, I guess. But this just looked kind of cool. I uh, wish I had a better picture of it actually, but um, I don't know why they put that there. 
And then these, these were some sort of, um, I don't know if this, what, what this was originally designed for, but this was kind of like a, a piece of steel that they had supported with these blocks underneath the floor joist. And this one slipped over, but there's one in the back where it's just run below the floor joist. It's really bizarre. Somebody went to a lot of trouble to add this, this uh, support underneath here. Um, open junction boxes. Here's where, here's where the beam's not touching at all. Some, uh, this was under that side room where the ceiling was, was uh, damaged. So they've had some termite damage under there. It looks like that was a porch at one point also. And then, um, you know, on an, not insulated. And this one's actually uh, not really connected. This is what's keeping the crawl space dry, this little bit of air blowing in there. And the insole brick. I think insole brick's a cool product. We don't see it very often, um, but it's it's all been covered up by the underneath the vinyl, but we see some from the crawl space. So sometimes uh, people ask if that has asbestos or not. I can't really get a straight answer. The, the closest thing I've gotten is that there is probably asbestos, but it's probably encapsulated by the tar. Huh. Not sure. And this is the front of the house. So, um, you know, you can this you can tell water flows through here, and you can you can look at the what's left of the vapor barrier, and you can see that water flows across it, but. Uh, lots of places for animals to get in. That's where that hole was kind of dug by the front porch. Yeah, yeah, it is actually. It would probably would come in right here at this corner, I think. So, um, but yeah, the crawl space was a mess. Um, well, I think that's uh, that's my last slide. I honestly, I didn't think we would get through them all. That was uh, 143 slides. <laughs> That was awesome. That's a lot of fun. That is, uh, you would say that's an unusual house to come by. Oh. It, it is. Um, but, you know, when you get in a crawl space on an older house, there's, uh, that's where all the action is, really. And even we see so many homes that have been renovated and, uh, you know, maybe on the inside, they've done some things to clean up the wiring. Maybe they put some GFCIs in. Um, but you get underneath and, and you start to see things like that. So, our crawl spaces on an older home, we see lots of electrical hazards. We don't usually see um, uh, panels in the crawl space. Yeah. Um, but this house, they will have to rewire it if they do any any renovations. It's the the county's going to require it, mm. and uh, so I, I think they need to know that, and um, and they need to do something about the moisture because this this crawl space air. It, uh, so the crawl space is vented very well because the doors are open, there's lots of holes in the side. A lot of that water probably runs out the back. But if, uh, if they don't fix this drainage problem, they're going to they're gonna have more mold problems um, and indoor air quality problems. Yep. You, know, if you, you, know, you may fix one thing and, and exacerbate these problems. You know. Yeah, uh, there's only so much ventilation can fix. I mean, if there's yeah. an active water penetration coming into the crawl space and foundation area on every rainstorm. Um, yeah, water is, uh, what is it? It provides life, but it can destroy. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, a real, it's a real pain in the butt. So whenever 
we go in and, and find any kind of problem, um, you got to find the source of the problem. It's the water. It's the water. It's always the water that does yeah. the most damage. Mm -hmm. Just like that deck. That deck is uh, damaged by water. It's not really the sun. It's really water and it just makes things move and separate. Yeah. So uh, I think, Mike, that was a fantastic slideshow and a great presentation. I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I think uh, all inspectors would and would really enjoy watching that. Um, so I really appreciate your time that you spent with us and uh, going over all those defects in the house. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I appreciate the invitation. It was, it was fun, fun for me too. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Um, maybe we'll do it again sometime. Thanks everybody for attending and uh, we'll see you on the next InterNACHI webinar. Stay safe and healthy, everybody. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. Have a good one. See ya.